Welcome to the Inheritance Podcast Show. Today, we're going to be talking about faith and works and how they complement each other. First, we need to look at Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. Paul writes to the Ephesians, he says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. <clears throat> so what he's saying here is, our, our works don't save us. We were created to do good works, but that's only a part of the whole enchilada. Our works don't save us. It's not enough to be a generally good person. Our good won't outweigh our bad. The only way to be saved is through faith in Jesus Christ. So what is faith? Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us that faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The, continu- the conviction of things not seen. In other words, to have faith in something is to trust without a doubt that the thing or being that you are that you place your faith in is is what it says it is or does what it says or or does what it was made to do. For example, a chair. We use them every day. We don't ever check them over to make sure that nothing's broken. We just assume that because it held us the day before, or the last time we sat in it, that it will continue to hold us today, and tomorrow, and next week. The chair... Because that's what it was created to do. The chair was created to support the weight of a person. And we trust or put faith in that chair and the person that made it that it will do its purpose. So to have faith in Christ is to believe and trust without a doubt That he is who the Bible says he is. That he is who he says he is. And that he did everything that the Bible says he did. And that he told us he would do. And that we hope, that we have hope in the promises of what he is still yet to do. Now I'm not saying... That you can't ask questions. We, we shouldn't blindly listen and follow and do what someone tells us to do. We shouldn't believe in something just because someone tells us that it's true. We should ask questions. We should look at the source. 
in this case, the Bible. Because if I tell you that Jesus is different than what the Bible says, then I have no credibility. But the Bible has been proven again and again to be a reliable source. It has been proven to be the inerrant and infallible word of God. That means that that book, the Bible, that means that since it's been proven to be the inerrant, infallible word of God, that means that it is not just a book of stories, it is a book filled with absolute truth. So that means that everything that we hear from pastors or any other Bible teacher, we need to take that, we need to measure it against the scriptures, and we need to, ch we need to make sure that who we are allowing to influence our faith that what they say lines up with scripture. And I hope that you will do that listening to 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 me and what what I speak about on this show. So it's okay to have questions. Because if you don't question, then you're just living a blind faith. And you might not really understand why you believe what you say you believe. And we need to understand why we believe what we believe. It's very important because we can't... We, we won't... Uh, we, we won't hold... Hold hold up against arguments against what we believe if we don't know why we actually believe then we'll start questioning our faith we'll start asking ourselves well is it is what i believe is that is it real is it true so we do need to ask questions on about why we believe what we believe Because if we don't do that, we could easily be led astray. So now that we have gone over what faith is, let's take a look at James. At what James, the brother of Jesus, has to say. In James 2, 14 through 26... James says, What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Even so, 
Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac his son on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works, and as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works? When she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. James tells us right off the bat that faith without works is dead. It's useless. So remembering back to Ephesians 2, Paul tells us that we were created for good works. So James really is reiterating what Paul already had said. But he's he's telling it in a very practical man, uh, way. I had a pastor that used to say, belief drives behavior. That would be another way really to say what James is saying. Belief drives the behavior. What we believe directly affects our actions. And ev everything that we do shows what we truly believe. So if we say that we have faith in Christ, but we have nothing to back that up with, if our actions and words don't reflect those of Christ, and we, we're not showing any fruit of the Spirit, then people probably will won't really take you seriously. You know, they might they might ask themselves well why do I need that? Those Christians look just like me. And a believer Another believer might very well question the authenticity of your faith. And I would hope you ask yourself, because I have to ask myself this too, more than I would like to admit. I have to ask myself, does my faith bear evidence of being alive and authentic? Do I show the fruit of the Spirit in my life?
and in everything that I do. Because I know there's times where I'm not loving. I don't have patience. There's times... There's times where I am nothing but a horrible, horrible person. There's days where my attitude is bad and then it doesn't reflect that of Christ. And I think that's true for most people. It's very, very critical that we make sure our lives, our actions, our words show proof of our faith. We will fall short. As I said, there's days where I know that I'm not representing Christ well, and I have to repent for that. But if there's a pattern of me just going and doing what I want to do, you know, being a horrible representation of who Christ is, and I don't repent for it, then I would say that that faith is fake. Because real faith, being a real follower of Christ, the Holy Spirit will convict you when you're doing things that are contrary to what the Lord would do. When you're doing things that are contrary to God's commands. But if you don't feel conviction for for what you're doing, if you don't feel bad when you're being when you're not representing Christ well, then there's a, there's a problem. Either your heart has hardened or you're just saying that you believe. And as James told us, the demons also believe and shudder. <clears throat> you can believe in God. You can believe that God is real and still go to hell. It's in the Bible. This isn't my opinion. You have to have a relationship with Christ. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 tells us that we are saved by grace through faith. We didn't deserve. We don't deserve to be able to be with God. But God, in His grace, was willing to give us, was willing to send Jesus, His Son, His only begotten Son. John 3.16 says, For all, er, for, John 3.16 says, For God 
so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He loved us enough in our sin, in our wretchedness, that he was willing to give his only son as a sacrificial lamb the only perfect the final sacrificial lamb so that we could have a restored relationship with him through his son through faith in his son I've also heard it I've also heard faith described as believing is seeing. A lot of the time people like, well, I, I won't believe that I'll be, or a lot of the time people will say, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, then you'll never believe until it's too late. But if you believe first, then you will see. We have to have a relationship with Christ. We can't just simply say, oh, I believe in God. And my good will outweigh my bad because it won't. Being a good, morally upright person will will not will not save you. Because our faith and our works go together. As I, as I said, our belief drives our behavior. And John 14, 6 says, Jesus tells us, he, he was speaking to his disciples, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the only way. He is the only way. He's the only way <clears throat> to be able to enter into eternal life. He's the only way. To, to spend eternity in the presence of God. And our actions must reflect that. If we believe in Him, as our Lord and Savior. The way we live has to change. We can't keep going on in the old, in our old ways, our old habits. <clears throat> we have to 
allow the Holy Spirit to work in our life and to transform us into Christ-likeness. If we're not, if our life, if our life isn't transformed by Jesus, then I'm sorry, but you, you're, you're not, you're not an authentic believer. Because, or, or if you, let me refer, let me reword that. If you think that you can call on Jesus to be your Lord, the Lord and Savior of your life, and you believe that, but you don't, but then you think that you can still live a life in the world, looking like the world, doing everything the world does, then there's no evidence, there's no evidence of your faith. You just look like the world, you look like, you look like a non-believer. Guys, there's been lots of times in my life where that that's been me. Even now, I there's days where 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 it's like where where's the proof that I believe what I say I believe because I'm not showing it in my actions and in my words or in my thoughts. But that's when you have to come to the Lord and ask Him to forgive you for not being a good representation of who He is and ask Him to change that in your life so that you get back on the right road of 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 striving to be like Christ. Repentance is everything. It's not just a one-time deal where where you when you come to when you come to Christ for the first time. It's every time after that that you fall short. That you have, that you need to repent and get back on track, on back on the straight and narrow road. Because we're either running towards God or we're running away from Him. And, you know, I think I've really drilled, really focused in a lot on this, but faith, real authentic faith, requires action. James 2, 21-25 gives us examples of this. 
We have Abraham, the father of Israel. His, he was justified by his works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar. So for some background on this. Uh, God, God had told Abraham to take his only son Isaac. Now he had two sons, but one of them, I, Isaac, was the one that was uh, given to him by God's promise. And who the line of Israel would continue through. But anyway, God told Abraham to take take his son Isaac up on the mountain and sacrifice to him, and give him as a sacrifice to the Lord. <coughs> and this was Abraham's only biological son. Well, er, no, no, that was wrong. Forgive me. Isaac was was Abraham's only son that was living with, that was with him. So Ishmael, eh, um, and Ishmael's mother were sent away. And Isaac was the son who the promise that God had given to Abraham would continue through. And anyway, they got up to the mountain they had and Isaac said to his dad, he was a little boy he said to his dad he said you have the rope and the wood but where's the where's the lamb and Abraham told him the Lord will provide so he they got up there and Isaac tied up I or Abraham tied up Isaac and was about to slay him for the sacrifice and an angel of the Lord said stop because you have done this, I know that you believe in me, or that, yeah, that you believe in me. And when Abraham turned around, there was a ram stuck in a bush. And he took that ram and he offered that as a sacrifice to the Lord. So Abraham had faith. He had faith that the Lord would provide. And his works, his faith was working with his works. He was obedient. He because he had had faith in that what God told him to do he was obedient 
because he had faith in God that he believed he had the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen because he had faith in those because he had faith in God he was willing to do exactly what God told him to do it says that it says you see that faith was working with his works he did what God told him to do and he had faith that God would provide And God did provide. You see, sometimes God tests our faith. Because Abraham could have easily said, That's my only son. I can't I can't give him up as a as a sacrifice. I can't I can't slay my son. I won't do it. But he had faith that God would provide. And so he would obeyed what God told him to do. And God provided a substitute. I think that's a good <clears throat> a good illustration of faith being tested. Because God in life, God will ask us to do some very hard things. And a lot of the time, we say we turn our back on him and we say, no, I won't do that. That's, that's too hard. That's too much. But when we allow our faith and our works to work together and we obey what God tells us to do. We'll see the fr we'll see fruit come out of our obedience. God will bless our obedience. It says in verse 23, And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. He believed what God said. And he acted on his belief. His belief drove his behavior. And God reckoned that to him as righteousness. He was justified by his work. He was justified. And he was called the friend of God. Verse 24 you see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. It's very interesting. We're justified by works and not by faith alone. 
Now, he's not saying that our works will save us. He's saying that our faith and our works have to work together. Our justification comes because we've given our life to Christ and now we want to do what he tells us to do and we want to model our lives after his and live a life that is evidence of who Christ is. People should be able to look at us and know that we're believers, that we're Christians, that we follow Christ. They shouldn't have to ask us what we believe because our actions should show them what we believe. One time when I gave a message on this <clears throat> on this scripture particularly, I used the analogy of a job. If I said that I had faith that I needed if I had if I needed a job and I said and I said, you know, I I believe that God will provide me a job and people come up to me and tell me like there's this job opportunity over here, there's this job opportunity over here. And I just, you know, or if they came to me and offered me a job to work for them, and you know, and I just refused and said, "No, God, God will provide me something." Well, He's giving me all sorts of opportunities, but I'm not acting on them. I'm just sitting there, being a bum, just waiting, even though I've got multiple job opportunities right in front of me. <coughs> See, real faith requires action. So it would be job four four job opportunities. Okay, Lord, which one do you want me to take? Where do you want me? Where can you use me? The gifts and talents that you've given me, which of these jobs will allow me to use those? And then, you know, be seeking him for which opportunity? He wants me to take. And then when I know where he wants me to go, faith would be going and doing what he has for me. A lot of what a lot of what our lives as Christians is is obedience. And obedience is hard. But being obedient is far more worth 
being than being is far more worth it than being disobedient. Because dead faith won't get you anywhere. It won't get you anywhere but hell. Then it goes on to say in verse 25, The same way was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. It's a reference to Joshua when they went into... Um, oh, I can't remember... When they went into Jericho. That's what it was. Jericho. And he ends. With a very practical example of this. In verse 26. For just as the body without the spirit is dead. So also faith without works is dead. What good is having faith if we don't do anything? If all we're doing is going to church, listening to a sermon, but then not taking what we learn and applying it outside the walls of the church. If we sit at home and we just read our Bible and we pray, but we don't go and tell other people about who Christ is, if we don't give our gifts and talents, if we don't serve in our church or you know, <clears throat> do outreaches in our communities to bring people to a relationship with Christ. If we don't obey what God... <coughs> if we don't obey what God tells us to do on the day-to-day... If God tells us to pray with someone and we don't do that, if he tells us to go and encourage someone that we know is struggling, if he tells us to share the gospel with someone and we don't do that, but we claim to have faith, That's dead faith. Like, what good is it if we don't do what God tells us to do? If we're just lazy 
in our faith, then there's there's no point to it. We are supposed to serve people. We are supposed to give people the gospel. But when we get caught up in appeasing the culture, or when we get caught up in works only, or faith only, then our faith is useless. Because if we say we have faith but we do nothing, like, like what, like what James said at the beginning of this section of scripture, If a brother or sister is without clothing, verse 15, if a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? We know what people need. We know that people need Christ. But so many of us aren't giving Christ to people. What use is having a faith or what use is there to have having Knowledge of something that will save someone's life for eternity if we don't give that to them. That's like if someone discovered a cure for cancer but didn't give it to anyone. They found the cure for no reason. Because they weren't going to share it with the world to benefit anyone. That's what a lot of Christians are doing with the gospel. They know that it has life-changing power. That it will save people from eternity in hell. But we choose to withhold that information from people so then we're not benefiting anyone we're just existing and we're doing things that won't get people we're, we're, we're doing things that will keep us that will make us popular because we're not offending anyone by giving them the truth of the gospel the truth that they need because it will save 
their lives. It will save their souls. There's no point in living a Christian life or claiming to have a Christian life if you're not doing anything to benefit those that need Christ. A good way to do that is to go on missions trips. It's a good, easy way to get used to, to get pushed out of your comfort zone and kind of used to the idea of serving people and giving them the gospel because they might ask you, the people you're serving might ask you, why are you doing this? There's your opportunity. Or start simply with asking people how you can pray for them. Or ask God to show you as you're out and about someone that needs encouragement or prayer. But we need to start being active in our faith because time is running short. We need to have an urgency to Give the gospel to people. Hmm. Lord, I pray that we would just come to a place in our faith where we don't want to be lazy anymore, Lord. Lord, I pray that you'll stir in us a desire to be active in our faith, to be representatives of you, and that when we fall short, we come to you and we say, Father, forgive me for my sin. Help me to represent you. Help me to be a disciple of you. Help me not to go back to my sin. But to, to follow you. To get to know more of you, Lord. Lord, I pray that you stir in us a hunger and a thirst and an agony for you. Because we need you every day. There's no way that we can get through this life without you. There's no way that we can do what you've called us to do without you. So Lord, I just pray that we would be open and obedient to what you have for us. That when you tell us to pray for someone, 
or to speak a word of encouragement to someone. Or to share the gospel with someone that we will have the boldness and the courage and the strength and the power through the Holy Spirit to do just that. Lord, let our actions, words, and thoughts be evidence of who you are. And our faith in you. Hmm. Amen. Well, that's it for this week. There's, You can leave voice messages on here somehow. I haven't quite figured that out yet. Um, please... Please just, if you feel like this will encourage someone, uh, please just share it with them. Have a blessed rest of your day. See you next time.